Well, good morning, family. How's everyone feeling today? Oh, the mic is losing a little altitude here on my mic. It's okay. You know, several months ago, uh, I preached a lesson about how fall was coming. And I received a little bit of heat after that lesson from brothers that shall go unnamed. I was, I was really wanting to just <coughs> and say their names, but I actually won't do that. Because, you know, I said, oh, fall is coming. And then, like, for two weeks, it was like 100 degrees. And it became that I am the groundhog of fall now. That, you know, whether Chaz makes a comment or not, fall will come or not. And, and then, like, a month later, like, the world was literally on fire in our, you know, little neck of the village. And so it was funny to think about how I've jinxed the fall season in some ways in my preaching. But this morning, I can with much more confidence say... Thanksgiving is actually coming. I can't stop it. You can't stop it. It's just, it's going to happen. It's coming. And in the spirit of our looming holiday about food, I mean thankfulness, I wanted to roll out some interesting statistics. You know, the statistics about Thanksgiving are like a rabbit hole. It's like YouTube. Like if you start clicking on things, it's like you're just three hours later, you kind of wake up and don't know where you are. And so some interesting and funny Thanksgiving Day stats about only America. Just keep this in mind. That on, I'm going to run just, there's a couple here. On Thanksgiving Day, 50 million pumpkin pies are going to be eaten. 50 million. I think, if current census record is correct, that's more than the people we have in California. More pies than people. Uh, 46 million estimated turkeys are going to be eaten, which if you, you average out, your average turkey weighs about 16 pounds. That's 736 million pounds of turkey are going to be eaten, roughly, which is a little bit heavier than the Empire State Building. So... Americans are going to eat the Empire State Building <laughs> made out of turkey. <laughs> that's like, that's just staggering. I mean, you know, you think of visually, that's... Uh, the average person on Thanksgiving Day is going to eat 3,000 calories at Thanksgiving dinner alone. And it's, it's about, because the range is anywhere from, on average, 2,500 to 4,500. So they, you know, they try to find a happy middle ground of 3,000. Uh, which, if you're thinking like, well, I'm going to work out that day, so, you know, or I'm going, you know, Tim Nasser, I'm going for a nice 16-mile run that morning, which I think he is, uh, you know, to kind of work out some space. If you were to run... At a casual, like 11-minute mile. Like, you know, you're not trying to win any records. I'm just going gonna, gonna to go run some 11-minute miles. At that pace, it would take you roughly 10 hours and change to work out that 3,000-calorie dinner that you ate, which is the equivalent of running two marathons, or as the amount of time it would take you to run two marathons. So that one marathon or 16-mile run isn't going to save you from that 3,000 calorie dinner. But what will encourage you is that they said statistically the average American only gains like an eighth of a pound on 
Thanksgiving. Like that the whole myth of like, oh, I'm going to gain 10 pounds over the holiday is actually really a myth. You, you really won't. So there you go. That's your encouragement for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's a lot, but don't worry. Empire State Building, you won't gain that much weight. But in all seriousness, with Thanksgiving being only a few days away, my prayer this morning was that this lesson would help you kind of frame your mind for the week as you go in. You know, many of us looking forward to Thanksgiving, many of us looking forward to Thanksgiving with some caveats that, you know, there's the sense of I'm going to Thanksgiving with my family. And that's exciting and also terrifying at the same time for many of us. And so this idea of, okay, we don't want to just survive Thanksgiving We want to have an incredible Thanksgiving where we're able to honor God and also honor one another. So the title of my lesson this morning is The Power of Gratitude. You know, the holiday season is definitely one of my favorite times of the year. Everyone, it seems, is just a little bit nicer typically, right? You're on the road. Maybe someone will let you in as you blinker. A little bit more, instead of like the really annoying thing when you put your blinker on to get over and they like speed up into the space that you're going to occupy, you're like, come on, man, like for real, they actually will slow down and hey, come on in, like it's December, Christmas spirit, that's encouraging, right? People seem to be a little bit more patient as they move through the world in the grocery store. Oh no, you go ahead. Yeah, you, you have less items than me, you know, I've got 20 and I'm in the express lane, but you have three, you go ahead, it's okay. A little bit more patient. Uh, it seems to be a time when we're more prone as a people to think about the things that we're grateful for. It just is, really, the holiday season. And that's great. But the gen- kind of this generic spirit of gratitude is not what we're talking about this morning. Because that generic spirit of gratitude that we all experience in this season every year comes as swiftly as it goes. And when we think about it, it's very much like this... Hallmark holiday movie kind of gratitude. It's like cheesy. It's really easy to see through and quickly forgettable because there's so many, right? Hallmark releases like 25 days in eight hour long blocks of holiday movies. It's kind of like, okay, when is this going to be over now type of thing? True and sincere gratitude, on the other hand, is deliberate, it's lasting, and it's powerful. Next slide, please. Get a clicker. You know, I have a lot to be grateful for when I think about the holiday season. Think about my daughter, Emily. Think about my beautiful wife, Olivia, our family. You know, and when I, when I sit down and intentionally start to think of how lucky I am, you know, I think about my daughter and her personality and how she loves adventure and will follow me around the house and she wants to know everything that I'm doing or You know, one of her favorite, our favorite things that she says is when she was really young, you know, we would ask if if we wanted her, if she wanted us to pick her up. We say, Em, do you you want us to hold you? And so then for now, whenever she wants us, you know, hey, pick me up. She doesn't say pick me up. She says, hold you, hold you. And it's better by about a million when it's hold you, daddy. You're like, yes, I will. I will stop whatever I'm doing right now and I will pick you up. Right. The baby taught me it's just those moments that hit you when you think of those things. Man, it's incredible. It's amazing. When I think about my beautiful wife and how deeply I appreciate her, how I admire her conviction, her love for people, her deep love for me, the fact that she's absolutely my best friend. Right? When these are things that I'm intentionally considering throughout the day, 
The entire ecosystem of our house could be imploding, but it's okay. There's a level of steadiness to my heart, to my emotions that occurs when I'm I'm living in this place of gratitude. You know, gratitude humbles us and it moves us to live in this place of humility. It's the words that David said in 2 Samuel chapter 7. You turn there. In verse 18, it says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant and this decree for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, Lord. There is no one like you. And there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. Man, this is one of my favorite prayers of David. Because despite all of his victories, all of his accomplishments, he comes before God on his knees and says, Man, who am I? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? There is such a humility and a gratitude. He recognized that in God, he had everything he needed. Everything. Everything he could want and more. Gratitude has the power to heal in despair, to cope with crisis. It is the fuel of our spirit. It has the power to give us peace, to reframe our thinking and our perspective to where God wants it to be. But we have to decide to be grateful. Gratitude doesn't happen on accident. And it cannot be simply a feeling. Gratitude has to be our decision. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Paul writes, challenging passage. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's interesting to think. God's will for you is that you would give thanks no matter what. God goes, are you in suffering? Are you in time of good? Are you in kind of a middle ground? I I don't care. Give thanks in all circumstances. You have plenty of reason to. It's this idea that proper gratitude continually reframes our thinking. It's not like a temporary shift where you go from kind of your normal state of being into this grateful place and oh man i'm so great wow everything looks awesome bro i love you so much this is so great but then you kind of go back to normal god goes no that that's not my will my will is that you actually make this a permanent spiritual residence that you live in this place of gratitude next slide please gratitude changes the lens that you view the world and operate through the world It frames everything about how we look at each other, how we look at our circumstances, how we look at our lives. When you make a decision to be grateful, you see things and operate out of a place of bounty. Right? When we look at that table, 
Man, that is a humongous indicator of our feelings of gratitude. Because when you're overflowing with gratitude, it just pours out. It pours into your conversations. It pours into your actions. You start out, how can I give more? How can I give this? How can I give my time? How can I meet this need? How can I go over here? Like David, you sit back and go, God, who am I that I'm even here? I'm fired up. Like, what more can I do? What more can I give? Because you're so connected with how God has provided for you, how he's reaching out to you. I call it (laughs) this young Christian attitude, this every butterfly is from God attitude. Right? When, you, when we were young Christians, when you studied the Bible and you got baptized, you know, you'd walk around. You'd be like, wow, I just feel like, you know, I feel really connected whenever I see hummingbirds. And then it's like hummingbirds. Are, oh, that one's from God. He sent me that hummingbird to encourage. And it's probably true. Like if I were God and I knew that, I would send hummingbirds all day. He'd be like, here you go. If that's all it takes. Yeah, here's a swarm. Here's a flock of hummingbirds. Like, be grateful. You know, but it's like, it's true. Like when we think about it, man, those first couple weeks, months after you've been baptized, after you've righted your relationship with God, when you've had your sins forgiven, it's like you see God everywhere. You see God in every certain Wow, I woke up this morning. I thought my car was empty. It had a, you know, like a quarter of a tank. Man, God just filled up my tank this morning. Right? It's like, but where does that heart come from? It comes from gratitude. And being around those people, isn't that like the most fun thing in the world? Because you're around people whose overflowing gratitude is infectious. It affects every situation they're in. And you're like, I want to be in the situation with that guy and not Joe Critical over here. Like, let me, let me go with the young Christian. He saw a hummingbird this morning. I'm going to hang out with him. <laughs> you know, I love superhero movies, and there's so many applications to all those things, but DC hasn't come out with any, like, really, really good ones since Wonder Woman, Aquaman, kind of the fiasco there. But Superman is always fun. And and I remember I was watching one the other day, and it was when Superman, he'd been in this big fight, and he was beat up. And do you know where Superman goes when he's beat up and he needs some extra juice? He, he, you could say Fortress of Solitude, but he, he flies up over through the clouds, sometimes into space, to beware. In light of what? The sun, right? Superman gets his power, gets extra juice, if you follow the Lord, from the radiation of our sun. And so, like, he'll be messed up. He'll be mangled from having really tight. And he'll fly up there, and the sun will hit him, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. Let me just recharge here a little bit, and then he goes down back into the thick of it. And sometimes we can look at that, and that is the way that we approach our gratitude. Where we're in the thick of it, oh man, I'm just so, I, I need to go, I need to get some gratitude, recharge, uh, okay, I'm going to go back down. But the, the place that you live is the place where you're beat up, is the place where you're constantly fighting, right? You think of Superman living on earth, he lives where all the problems are. And that's not where God wants us to live. You think about, okay, what if Superman had a house in space in full view of the sun? How much different would everything be? If his normal state of living, his normal place where he existed was where he was constantly getting it from. And then when it was, oh, okay, I actually need to go do something now. I need to go engage with the conflict. I need to go engage with the suffering. I need to go engage with the relationship. Let me do that. But then I'm going to go back to where I live 
where my recharging is happening. And this is how when we're spending time with God, when we're connecting with what God is doing, when we're living in this place of gratitude, that's what your life becomes like. It's like you go off and your heart, your spirit is living in this place where God is consistently pouring into it. And where you're in touch with God, you're being refreshed with God because you're so connected to, wow, God is doing this. And this is what he's done for me. And wow, this is how he can help you. And then you go down to earth and you spend your time. Okay, this is where I'm in engaging with my family. This is where I'm engaging with. But I don't live here emotionally. I don't live in the conflict zone emotionally. I live over here. And this is where I come down. To engage. But do we choose to live here? Because again, gratitude is a decision. You get to choose whether or not you want to live in the place where you're constantly being restored or you want to live in the place where you're constantly being drained. And we have to make that decision. Being grateful, choosing to be grateful is lasting. You make a decision, man, I'm going to deny the sorrow. I'm going to deny the despair of the world. This neg- I'm going to choose to see God. And I'm going to choose to see what God is doing and what he's done and what he wants to do. And I connect with it and I feel it. But I'm with God in this. Your heart is steady and unflustered in the storms because that's not where you live. You live on planet, planet gratitude. I guess you'd call it. Call it planet gratitude. But it's a decision. Feeling grateful is an emotional thing. Right? Just like the holiday season, people feel great. Oh, when it's November, man, the, the grateful feelings, they start flowing. I got let in. My, my feeling of gratitude is dependent on that guy in the express lane or that guy when I put on my blinker. It's dependent on whether it's November or December because come January, the grateful feelings... Now it's like resolution time. Now it's like going to the gym. I got to see how long this will last time. That's not grateful time. Right? It's like, but that's, but if we're honest with ourselves, that's really the way that a feeling of gratitude is coming and going just as easily. It's temporary. It's unstable. And when we don't make a decision to live where our gratitude is, you live in a place of scarcity. You operate and you see the world out of a place of scarcity. Next slide, please. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) If you've seen Zoolander, right, he goes and and they show him the model of the school. And they're like, it's going to be, he wants to build this institute with all his money. And they're like, it's going to be great. This is where the kids are going to play. And he's looking at it, right, and he's supposed to be kind of this ditzy model guy. And he goes, what is this, a school for ants? How can we teach the kids how to read? They can't even fit in the building. You know, like smashes the model and he gets all mad. He goes, this needs to be at least three times as big. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's comedy. It's a comedy movie. But it's this idea of spiritually, right? God will put these incredible things right in front of us. But if we're not living in that place of gratitude, if you're seeing things through scarcity, then even what God puts in front of you isn't good enough. You can prick holes in, in, and be critical and, and start to pull away and go, oh, well, I don't. Because when you look at it, your life, you don't have what you want. 
because you're ungrateful. You're not connecting with what God has done, with what God is doing, with what God wants to do. And so you become so focused on your needs that it becomes about, well, when I have this, then, I'll, then I can give. The fruit drive, the toy drive is great. Man, when I'm making a little bit more, I'm going to give a lot. Like, Okay, when is that going to happen? That's not the call. The call isn't to make a certain amount and then you can give. And that's the way the Bible's, you know, worded. It's no giving, thankfully, as Mike said, out of the things that God already owns. It's an issue of our hearts, not an issue of our wallets. But do we live in that place of scarcity? When we sing that, you know, I've looked on the lineup this morning because I was writing this. I wanted to see if Christ is enough was going to be on there. And lo and behold, Duke sang it before we came up. And again, there was a time when all of us would have for sure at any point said Christ is enough. No matter what is going on in my life, no matter what suffering is happening, no matter what's going on with my family, God is enough. That's it. If I only had that, I would be happy. But even now, it's hard to say that sometimes. Like we can get to this jaded place in our hearts where our lives are scarce and where Christ is enough. Yeah, but I'm still not there yet and that's a scary place to be in when we get there in our hearts you know what do you think your holiday let alone your life would look like if you decided to live on planet gratitude how would that change the way you interact with your family this thursday how would that change the way that you interact with your co-workers how you interact with just the people that you exist with in your life to live in that place where you're constantly being recharged. Guys, that's got to be where we go. We can't just make trips there to visit every now and then. That's got to become our new area code, is living in that place with God. Because once you've decided to be grateful, next slide, please. Oh, next slide. You've got to express your gratitude. Right? As we talked about, man, when you are overflowing with gratitude, you can't help it. It just pours out of you. Do we express that gratitude? In Colossians 4, I tried to find one of Hunter and Emily, but Hunter and Emily are still in the kind of like, like that's the way they hug. They kind of, they get so excited and they walk, you know, they run up to each other and they're kind of like, And then they, you know, they keep going and they keep running. It's funny. So I had to grab two generic kids who are also wonderful, I'm sure. I'm grateful for them and their presence in this slide. Uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You know that we are called to be devoted to thankfulness. And part of that isn't just, again, making the decision, but it's how we express our gratitude. Are we devoted to that, to expressing that to the people around us? You know, this one is the harder one, can be the trickier one. Because like we said in the beginning, many of us going home for the holidays or going to celebrate the holidays with the people around us is trickier, is more challenging. Because no matter how grateful you may feel, you may be spending time around family members who are suffering, who are experiencing loneliness, loss, 
where maybe they're not feeling the warm, fuzzy feelings towards you that you are feeling towards them as a result of what you're feeling because of God. Where maybe there's, it's going to be a tension-filled household. Maybe it's gonna, you're already anticipating and dreading a little bit of what it's going to be like to go home. I can relate to that, going home to my family. There's, ten, there's times, years when we've gone, where there's tension and it's uncertain. And you're, you're going in with the best of intentions, but man, how do I execute this? How do I express this in a way that it doesn't just get rubbed off and then, wow, that, that's a hit to my heart and what I'm feeling. But it's these situations that God has absolutely called us to shine with our gratitude. Where it's your, you've been equipped with your gratitude with that for exactly these moments. When you go in and maybe you're going to receive nothing. But you're called to give everything. You're called to pour your heart out. You're called to meet the need. To give 100%. And to let God do the rest. See, the incredible thing about gratitude is even when we sit down and think of the things that people have done for us, even the small, innocuous things have a great impact. You know, I wanted to lift up one of our teens, Haley Bloomfield. It's a small thing. It's an innocuous thing. But Haley Bloomfield has never failed, not one time, to come up to me after a teen devotional and say, Thank you for this teen devotional. It really means a lot. And then, you know, she, and then she, oh, and she runs, runs off to her, you know, runs back to mom and dad or whatever. But I'm telling you, not, not one time, and I sat down and I, I actually thought about this statement. Not one time has she not come up to me and give me a hug and said, thank you. Come on, Haley. And it it has a powerful impact. We can't discount that even the small things God is using to needle in there to have dramatic effect on the people around us and on us. Those little things affect us just as much as God is calling us to affect those around us. There is incredible value in making effort to express gratitude to somebody else. And there are things that we can sit back and go, man, okay, what is stopping me? Well, the fear. Oh, well, I don't know if it's going to be reciprocated. And I want to challenge you guys as you go home for the holidays to put those things aside, to maybe on the drive there, pray and get your heart prepared to get nothing back. Tell yourself, okay, I'm going to go into this holiday, me and God, and I'm going to pour out 100%, and I'm going to let God take care of the rest. And I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to drop bombs of gratitude, and I'm just going to see what happens to the landscape after that. And let God do the heavy lifting. And don't make it up in your mind. Decide not to be offended. Decide not to take it personally, just like you've decided to be grateful. You know, when our gratitude is tested is when it's absolutely most essential. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. 
You know, guys, what we've been given is overwhelming. Even if this is your very first time visiting with us for church and you're like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to go to church. It's just it's that time of the year. Man, we're so excited you're here. Because you've come into something that's overwhelming. You've come into something that, that you're being given that's more than you could have asked or imagined. But there are so many people, so many of our neighbors, as Mike said, in our communities, in our families, that don't have what we have. That don't have God's household, this family around us to even invite us in. They need what we have. And sometimes, in so many instances, you're going to be the only one they got. You're going to be the only example of it. You may be the most grateful person going home for the holidays in your family. Let that shine. Let that have tremendous impact. You know, what are some, practically, what does that look like? I would say finding maybe the... Thinking of the person in your family when you go home who needs the most encouragement. And this is going to sound corny, but going home and having a card that you bring with them, a heartfelt card that you give them on Thanksgiving. Doesn't have to come with a present, Christmas or birthdays aside, but just a card where you express, man, what am I grateful for? Better yet, a conversation. You go home for the holidays sometime after the meal, you pull them aside and you just have a talk. I remember, I think Ron challenged me to do this with my mom one year. I think it was last year. And I went home and I pulled my mom aside. And my mom specifically has been a source of some of this conflict between her and I. Her relationship has required a lot of work over the years. And so I went home feeling a lot of tension on this holiday. And I pulled my mom aside in the kitchen after the meal, kind of as everyone was watching a movie, I kind of waited until the night was winding down, and I sat her down, and I had spent some of that day beforehand writing some things down. Because I had, you know, it's, I wanted to go in with some intentionality, not just, Mom, you're great. Uh, you cook great food. You took care of me for a long time. You know, you, you want things to be, and so I tried to think of three things Three qualities of my character that I was really grateful for that my mom had a hand in instilling in me growing up. And I remember telling her that I felt like I was a hard worker because of her. My mom had suffered a tremendous injury as a child that I think gave her something of a learning disability later. She talks about, you know, when we were growing up, how incredible she was at math. And she would tell me that after this accident, math became one of uh, an extremely difficult subject for her. How things just were, it required a lot more of her attention, a lot more work to do things that before had been easy. And so I remember just telling my mom, you know, Mom, seeing your example of hard work, I feel like growing up, you, you constantly pushed me to work hard. I remember telling her, Mom, you, you constantly pushed me to be responsible. You challenged me to a level of responsibility that I was not comfortable with yet and probably should not have been prepared for. But looking back now, I, I look at a level of responsibility and go, Mom, I, wow, I'm really grateful for that. And I got through, like, the first point, and she's, like, weeping at the dinner. And, you know, my mom starts crying, and I start crying, and it's just, like, tear fest. But I remember weeks later 
getting a phone call from my mom or a random text message and her saying, you know, thank you so I just wanted to say again how much it meant to me what you said at Thanksgiving and just how that's, that's been something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks and I'm really, it really meant a lot to me. And so I think about these moments and, and just where it is uncomfortable, where it does call us to be out of, our com- out of what's normal maybe, but to go that extra mile and the tremendous impact that it has on the people around us. And so as we go home for the holidays, I want to challenge us to decide to be grateful, to be conscious of the things that God has done in your life, that God is doing, that God has in mind, has in store to do for you. And to not just make a decision to yourself be grateful, but to do as much as you can to find practical ways to express gratitude to the people around you. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is the lesson for today.